We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert. We're going War Factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright. Why hello! And welcome to issue 625 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Beanerita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everybody? Woo! Busy week. Uh, yeah, oh, it's... Yeah, yes. I'm getting the, the general impression that we're all eager for tonight's show, and yet we're all tired. Yes! Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think that that is a safe assumption of, of the vibe as, uh, as it exists tonight. I think it's because we're all... Well... Cable's always had to, like, go right from work to this. Right. But um, uh, I didn't I've... realize you also, Aaron, started some new work this week. Yeah, yeah. So I am <laughs> in a weird twist of fate with Denise. Uh, I am now working a part-time quasi-sales job for Reverend Nat. <laughs> Stole my job! <laughs> I do believe I am making a fraction of what you would have been paid. I mean, I don't want to, like... Compare dicks right now, but <laughs> but you're 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 doing this in a very different capacity than what I was doing. Is that yeah? Right? I'm actually yeah. I'm actually not even doing sales. <laughs> I didn't get into details with him because I was already waiting to accept a, a different job offer. Uh, but it was nice of him to be like, "Hey, if you don't, you know, resent me, would you would you consider coming back?" <laughs> <laughs> And it's not going to be like a permanent thing anyway, so it's kind of perfect for what I need. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was also temporary. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming it is because, I mean, essentially what I am doing is I'm not doing sales, but I'm it'll be in the capacity of the sales department. Mm. Um, they, well, I don't think this is like private because like literally every store and bar they ever service got this email that says... Revnats is being distributed through a different company now. Through oh yeah, that's that, that's on social media. So <clears throat> oh, that's right. Yeah, fine. he posted, but yeah, they're at point blank. So I'm essentially doing like I don't know the equivalent of like the goodwill tour, where we're hitting all the places like, hey, you've been a loyal customer for so long, and we know the past year it's been really hard to get our stuff. Well, guess what? Now it's even easier. Here's a four pack of samples. Here's all the ciders coming out and stuff like that. Here's the seasonal stuff. Um. 
yeah, I don't think I spend more than like 10 minutes at any spot. A couple times, like a buyer just wants to hang out and chat and I'll mm-hmm. hang and, and that's like, if they want to crack those open and taste them with you right there and you spend a half an hour or 45 minutes, he's like, do it. I don't care. Just, you know, he's like, or if they just want you to drop it off, do that. So Yeah, have fun. It's, it is a very fun and interesting thing to do. Uh, the bartender at B-Side uh, is a really nice gal, by the way, and I hope you uh, get to meet her and enjoy <clears> her company. She's lovely. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, the weird one is like going into like different Fred Meyer stores. Yeah, yeah. Grocery stores were always like my least favorite. Um, no, actually, no, I take that back. C-stores, convenience stores were my oh. least favorites. Grocery stores are different but not bad no they're not bad you just feel like you're getting in someone's way yes like, yes you're like literally yes you are yeah <laughs> they're trying to do their job and you're trying to do yours and those two things are not exactly compatible on the fly right yeah it's not like i'm just going to some rando in the grocery store it's like i look you know you look for the one who does the buying of beer for the store mm-hmm. no you'll be you'll you'll be fine it's you have that was fun. Charm and tact. And... Oh, no, it was great. Uh, one of the guys that I actually chatted with at one of the Fredmeyer was super excited. And in fact, I had to like tell him, like, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also, was... it sounds like you're not like specifically trying to get them to buy. You're just like letting them know that there's been a change and and that maybe that would make them easier for them to be buyers. Yeah, and literally everywhere I've gone to where I've spoken with the buyer – they have all universally been, oh, thank God, we can get your stuff again. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of that. A lot of, yeah. No one's like, man, we really wish you were still with the other place. They're all like, thank God. No, quite the opposite. I, I did not excel at my job sometimes because of that other distributor. So. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited for, for Nat and for, for the business to have finally been able to to make this transition because it was a long time in the works so yeah so it's it's pretty cool uh the other thing i can say because we've talked about me doing a collaboration with him uh is that i should see the labels for that show up sometime this week so that'll be cool cool. yeah Yeah. that'll be really exciting yeah uh yeah i mean i do know some secret things that i can't talk about right right you know Apart from the course. Just like someone else is going to know secret things they won't be able to talk about one day. I already know secret things. So <laughs> many, I know so many secrets, you guys. No, I'm just kidding. But I am allowed to talk about it now. Yeah. Now, well, now that I know, you know, what I can and cannot say and what now have that, you. And that paperwork has been signed. Yes, yes. So I uh, just yesterday, Monday, started my new job full time uh, as Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, and like to some degree, also Matt Fraction's uh, house manager. Like ostensibly, it's like a personal assistant gig, but it's it's a lot more myriad than that. And so I'm I'm part of the Milkfed Criminal Masterminds team now. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. It was uh, it's it kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, I'm like I was super excited to to try, but I I did not. I don't know. I never imagined a day where I work for like some of my favorite writers. So it's 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 very exciting and uh, 
And also, now I get to know all their secrets. Ooh. I think the, <laughs> the uh, term Super for secret. what you are doing, um, or my favorite particular term for what you're doing, is uh, major domo. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. that is a, a term that you could use for that, which is funny because that is a term that they use in their, <laughs> oh yeah, in their, in their things, not for me, but it is, it is a term that is used in their, in their vernacular. Yeah. I, I'm not shocked. It's one <laughs> of those, uh, scrabble high word scores, I think. Mm. hmm So Yeah. That's all cool stuff. Yeah. Also, I get to hang out with three enormous pups every day. That's also (laughs) very exciting. I get to see pups, I guess, every once in a while. Because Mm. some of the bars before they open, spoilers, just let their dogs hang out while they're prepping the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, one of them, one of my stops took a lot longer than it should have because I was playing with a dog. (laughs) (laughs) This Shock one bar was literally like, hey, I have to go check on this. Do, do you want to play with the dog? Yes, I will play with the dog. <laughs> and ostensibly, I'll, I'll get to know um, the kids more once I'm able to spend more time with them. Because that'll be a little bit part of it, too. And that's right. that's always exciting because I don't have enough children in my in my own personal life. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and they're both at the age where they're interesting now. <laughs> yes, yes, they both um like they they were part of my interview process and they're they're both absolute people, like full-on <laughs> individuals oh, yeah. and it's it's fun. It's awesome. I've I've only met the one and you already know what my opinion is on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not wrong. They're, they're both they're both great kids and I I look forward yeah. to to getting to know them better. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Well, besides us all, like, ooh, I just yelled that really loud, like, <laughs> um, besides talking about new jobs and, and whatnot, what else, are we just doing just the deep Shang-Chi jive, jive, dive? I, I think so, if that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be all Shang-Chi all night. Nice. Shang. Oh, I did it again. All Shang-Chi. All Shang-Chi. <laughs> Uh, on my way home, I was listening to the uh, they they call us re-listening to the they call us Bruce interview with uh, Simu Leo, and he had to correct both of them on they mispronounced both Shang Chi and Simu Leo, and he's uh, like, guys, I cannot give you any quarter. <laughs> it's like if it were any other two people on the planet, sure, I would just let it slide. It's like you're you're this podcast. You guys have to pronounce it correctly. Right, right. That was that was really funny. I did listen to that one. Um, I also listened to a later episode that is specifically about the movie. So, like, there was the episode that was Simulu's, uh interview. And then, I don't know, like, three or four episodes later, just a, a strictly Shang-Chi review conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. And they did it to each other. Where one, I forget which mm-hmm. one. I think Phil kept saying Shang. Uh, uh, and, actually, uh, it was Jeff. Jeff. Jeff Yang, okay. Jeff Yang kept pronouncing it Shang Chi. So then Phil I must have been the one who corrected on, him. On yeah. <laughs> I think they were doing a bit. Oh yeah. Because well, they were also uh, when 
their press junket, they interviewed both Simu and Dave Callahan, who's the screenwriter. And the they were told by the handler beforehand, it's like, and just so that we're all on the same page, it is pronounced Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And they both kind of sat there going, is this white woman telling us how to pronounce Chinese name? <laughs> Uh, and then in the Shang-Chi episode, uh, the, one of the other guests talks about, you know, like, well, you know, you have to you have to relearn or you have to learn to decolonize your brain. Like you can be from a particular ethnic group and default to saying things essentially like white people do because I don't know, because it feels like a spectacle. There's there's something sometimes that is that draws attention to you when you say things correctly versus saying them the way an American person would in an American accent. <clears throat> the yeah. first five years of my adult life, I spent relearning how to correctly pronounce my own last name. Mm. How did you used to say it? I pronounce it like everyone in my hometown still pronounces it, Hashitani. Oh, it sounds That's, awful, doesn't it? It does. It does. That almost sounds like or, um, that. Almost feels like it's specific to the region. Like it has, like a you know, like a dialect type uh, situation. It, oh, what's... It's it's just it, it's an American pronunciation. Um, it's why all both my father and my uh, grandfather's nicknames were Ash. Because they think that's how that A is pronounced when it's Hashi Tani. Right. Well, see, no, because what I mean is, like, I guess in my mind, the American way of saying your name is just Hashitani. It, it's, I don't know, it's a little smooth. It kind of like all the edges are buffed out, uh, almost like you're, you're being lazy about saying Hashitani, you know, in a more proper. I think that's because. I'm the person who taught you how to say my name and it's the Japanese pronunciation and not the American pronunciation. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't think I ever used the wrong pronunciation when I first met you. You hadn't, but you also have exposure to how to pronunciation names. That is true. I for, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This sounds like a line, but I grew up with quite a few Japanese and Asian friends. I'm not <laughs> so shocked. I, just, I got good at that. It's actually kind of weird how many Asian people are in Susanville. Yeah. Like more, that's... I know, right? Is it a farming community? Uh, or is it, is it that was where they managed to move to after they got let out of the camps? I don't know. It's a, it was a lumber town first. Okay. Yeah. That's I mean, it had some farms and ranches, but it was a lumber town and then a prison town. Hmm. Um. But I could actually see a little bit like maybe after the camps, they're all like, maybe we don't want to live right on the West Coast, but we want to stay in California. Yeah, that was a I don't lot know. of it. Yeah. Like if you had, if you were that close to the coast, you got moved into a camp. That's why my, um, that's why my grandparents didn't get moved because they were already in far enough inland that right. they weren't deemed a threat. Right. Yeah, but I get yeah, you. But, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I was just gonna say back to Bean's point. It does take work to decolonize one's names and pronunciations and get it back to where it's supposed to be. 
I mean, I, my whole family even gave up. Like, my first name technically should be pronounced Aron. But even my family, mm-hmm. like, they just gave up. They're like, we're tired of correcting people. It's you just know. Aaron. It's now. just Aaron. Like, since I was a little kid, it has always been Aaron. And then one day I was watching, like, a cooking show, like, in my mid-20s. And I asked my mom, I was like, why is his name Aaron? Why do they say it that way? And she's like, that's how they should be saying it. I was like, well, how come you never called me that? She's like, we gave up. Like, no one would do it. I Or they'd I ask, lucky. why do you say Aaron wrong or weird? So mm. I got lucky in that, like, my name is kind of fine the way it is in English. <laughs> right. It's You pronounce it slightly differently in Spanish, but not by a ton. It's It hardly matters. But, like, my sister, for example, her name is Adriana, and... It doesn't sound anything like that when you say it in English. When you say it in, 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 Sp- in English, it's Adriana. It's just right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Adriana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think she's much of a fan of her name either. No. Well, it's a pretty name. She's an adult. She can change it. I mean, she won't. She'll just live with it, but... She's antisocial, so it, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, um, oh, where was I going with that? I don't know. Having to decolonize your name, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Names are mm-hmm. sacred. And I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what names I would give my kids because I want, you know, if if when I have children, I. I want them to have names that are not neither hard for my Mexican, you know, relatives to pronounce, but I also don't want them to feel othered in in a white society just because of their name. At a time that I thought I that kids were in my future, I went the complete opposite direction of that. Yeah. Um, the, the name, my number one name for uh, a child is from DC comics and it's the name for the Martian God of death. And that's Horonmir. <laughs> that's, that is a challenge. Yeah. That's a hell of mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then he could also have the nickname Ronnie or her, I guess that's either true. would work. Yeah, by the, by the time I ever maybe have kids, um, I might totally do a 180 and be like, no, nah, fuck that. Your name is, I'm naming you after my grandmother, Lucrecia. Have fun with that, white folks. <laughs> there's there's probably harder, more complicated, more Spanish-y names that I could put in there, but yeah. but I blanked at the last minute. Or go even more hardcore and start picking Nawali names. Like, that I'm would be going hard even that. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a there's a lot of consonants that you have to roll around that are. Remember how we had that D and D campaign, and I gave my character a know what? I do style name, and I can barely pronounce it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting language to try and yeah 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 use. It should be it should feel natural, and it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But also try spelling it out, which is why in season of the Bruja and my word doc. Uh, there are 10 different shortcut keys that spell various uh, old, old words and names because I got tired of spelling it and I like, tried to remember, like, how did I spell that? 
And, you know, and then having that moment of like, have I put three different spelling versions in the dictionary now that it now thinks are all the correct version? Probably. Yeah. No, I went through and cleaned them all up, actually. Yeah. But now I just use the shortcut. Just uh, it, it has helped a lot. Um, uh, Sack uh, says that um, thanks to Neil Gaiman, uh, they always, he always thinks about naming it kids something like anesthesia or in cooperation with Terry Pratchett. Anathema. I always like the word anathema. You do mm-hmm. like that word. I do like that word a lot. I always enjoy how it sounds. That and antediluvian. Antediluvian? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. Hella old. Basically. Is what it means. I mean, kind of. I first came across it. Well, I probably came across it in Lovecraft writings. It didn't stick with me. But it really showed up because when I started playing Vampire the Masquerade, the Antediluvians are the third generations from Cain. They are the gotcha. rulers of the clans. Uh, the t- uh, ever belonging to the time before the flood. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I guess hella old also counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh... Norm says that in Texas, uh, a weird thing to do is to get people who are not from Texas to pronounce Waxahachie. Okay. What's a weird looking word? I think so. I guess Norm can tell us in a second or not if... uh, I'm I'm guessing that is actually not how that word is pronounced. I might be thinking of a different word because that's not the spelling. Uh, now that I think about it, that's not the spelling I'm used to. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> okay. Well, before we go down this route, I know we got to stop pronouncing so. weird shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Should we just dive into it? Sure. Um, I think it's should be said if you still have not watched Shang Chi, um, what's wrong with you? Also, uh, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. Yeah, we're done. We're done. You know, dancing around now. You're. you're it, this mm-hmm. is it. I've I've seen it three times now. So yeah, me too. Think, <laughs> so that means like if we've had enough time to watch it repeatedly. You've you've had at least one chance, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Come on. Okay. Yeah, and, and I I'm I'm pretty much like it, it's on my I'm buying a copy of it on DVD uh, after the holidays. And that's what I thought. Wakahachi. Right. Hmm. Hey, there you go. Okay. Yep. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's you know probably a native uh, word, and I don't I know think that. That's- it's a mixing of the two. It's a it's a Spanishized native word. Yeah, that makes sense. I believe it means Buffalo Creek. So when the Spanish found out it meant Buffalo Creek, they tried to add in, you know, the the vaca sound, and then it got converted mm. back into oh uh, yeah, bacahachi yeah, bacahachi probably something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, for reals. Because I will, I will do this all night. I know you are. You are kind of a word nerd. Word nerd. Shocked, word nerd. I used to call myself uh, a wordsmith because I like to, you know, like 
you know, make up new words and like push words together. But now that I hang out with writers, I don't know. That seems pretentious. You, you never called yourself word girl after the um, superhero? I never knew of a superhero named word girl. There, it was, Probably would have loved a, it. It's on uh, <laughs> PBS. It's a, it was like a superhero for, you know, it's an educational superhero. That's cool. I don't remember that one either. Word Girl? Um, it was... It's probably only 15 years old. Hmm. Oh, okay. So I oh, probably... Is it, is it for I babies? have aged out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have known about it because... Yeah, it, it would have been for not... the... would have been for kids who are now in their mid-20s. Mm, okay. <clears throat> I was I was doing other stuff at that time, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, for reals now, John Chi and the Legend of the Chen, uh, of the Ten Rings. I almost said the Chen Rings. I know, that was not easy for you to say. <laughs> so many words. Um, um, so one of the, I kind of wanted to break this down into topics. Um, that because everyone else has done reviews on this movie now and talked about things. Um, I think my number one thing is what spoiler from this movie have you been sitting on this entire time? Or it, it, we're sitting on until you talk to someone who had also seen the movie. Like that, that you haven't, that I haven't told anybody. What do you mean? As in you had to wait until you talked to someone who saw it but you're still publicly not talking about it. Like case in point, mine was Aquafina is a fucking Avenger now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess technically she is. That's um, a good one. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I think the spoiler thing that I wasn't ready for, and then I kind of had to be like, really? That's how it went. Is that, and now thinking about it, knowing one of the things Marvel's doing, the MCU's doing, is that um, the Abomination basically works with Wu. Mm-hmm. To, I don't know if it's like, like, hey, we're gonna bet against you, like, a, like a scam thing, which would be great in and of itself. Um, Wait, are you talking about Jimmy Wu? Not or Jimmy are you talking Wu, about um, Wong? Uh, Wong. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did you mix up your agents, dude? I am so tired. Remember, I know this sounds, this is like the dumbest thing to complain about, but I haven't had to do a regular, like, on my foot all day job in, like, three years. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this is rough. And I slept like, and I slept like crap. Working so. is hard. Yes, it is. Yeah, I forgot why I became a writer. It's, I mean, that's not why, but that's a this, whole other level of why, stress. This is why I've been it's a, it's a physical job. two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Wong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was going to be their position together in that movie. Uh, knowing what I know now and that they are essentially setting up Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. um, I'm no longer surprised that... What? Thunderbolts? Thunderbolts is basically their uh, bad guys are made to do good. It's their, for lack of a AKA, term, it's Marvel Suicide Squad. A.K.A. the Mean Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what okay. Dave Pelfrey calls calls. Them. Yeah, the Mean Avengers. The yeah. Mean Avengers. No, that's someone. Yeah, uh, 
Boba Fett 70, maybe uh, Abomination will be an Avenger. He'll be a mean Avenger. Or if they mm-hmm. do actually also end up going, there's also been rumors of it uh, kind of taking some of Bendis' Dark Avenger storyline. Hmm. It's probably going to be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, yeah. We've, like, like they took all the time to reintroduce Zemo, and Zemo is the leader of Thunderbolts. Right. Which seems strange given his, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with you superpowered types, fuck you. Right. Um, but like, we've got uh, US Agent, we have um, Yelena. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got, we've got Lady Hydra, basically. Well, yep. According to this image together. from Reddit, uh, there's also the White Vision. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, Deadpool, yeah. And Deadpool. Right. Uh, I'm assuming this is like a speculative piece of art. So. Yeah, I don't imagine Every... them putting... Yeah. Unless I, it, it actually comes out of Kevin Feige's mouth, yes. It's, yeah. it's all speculative. Right. Yeah. I got really excited for a second until I realized that this piece of art was coming from... The link is to Reddit. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Believe nothing on Reddit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, that's shocking. Okay, so that was mine. That's a good one. That's yeah. that's a good one. There, there have been a lot of... Uh, like, the, when he's... They dial back after the fight to go back to wherever... You know... It appears as though it's going back to a Hulk Buster style cell that the Abomination is living in. I'm guessing it's a it's an extension of the raft mm-hmm. that we saw. Um, you know, that somehow got built in like three months during Civil War, <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, that they, um, I mean, they they took the time to credit and bring back Tim Roth, which means, no, they really do want to do this. They want to do yeah, this yeah. right. It's not just a stunt. Yeah. Hi, Kat. So, if you hear yeah. peering, it's Manju. She's right here. I do hear it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. What, uh, what, Bean, what, did you have one? I don't have one. I thought about it for a while, but, like, you know, again, uh, and Shang-Chi is ostensibly a more obscure character than than others that have been getting, you know, movies and shows lately. Um, so, yeah. like, the, you know, Easter eggs are lost on me mm-hmm. in, in that regard. So I, you know, aside from, like, big obvious stuff, you know, like like Aquafina or, you know, like Benedict Wan jumping in at the end... Um, and sort of looping them into the, the greater, you know, Avenger grouping. Uh, I don't really have anything. Hmm. Yeah. What is, uh, what does Banner say? Welcome to the weird kid. It says, welcome, welcome to the, to the circus. The circus. Welcome <laughs> to the circus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, guess, that would be mine. I think. I guess one thing I could share or say, but I think I might have touched on it when we first talked about it in a, in a more spoiler-free context, was uh, I was not expecting the show to be so mystical. I, I, I mean, maybe the name should have like been a better clue, but I, I thought it was going to be, you know, action-adventure. Um, but once they hit, you know, the Italo... And like the the magic secret way that you get in, and the pendants that activate the the water, you know, magic water map, and mm-hmm. and all of the different creatures 
that live in Talo and the dragons, all of that. I had not expected all of that. It was to me even more unexpected than how much this movie is. It's really more about like family and like reconnecting than it, than it is about action adventure. Oh shit. And Trevor, I didn't expect him to show up on the movie at all. (laughs) Didn't I tell both of you to watch that thing? I don't think you, we, I don't think we watched it before seeing Shang-Chi. Oh. I think we watched it after the first in the movie. Yeah, and I just also assumed you, well, I just assumed you were saying that to be familiarize yourself with, like, where the, where they started that kind of thing. But that, not that he was actually in the damn movie. So when I remember when I saw that, I went, what? And then I I think I had heard, yeah, I had, I had heard that. Uh, ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley, was reprising his role in the movie. I didn't expect it to be the way that it was, right? Um, but it was also one of those things. It's like I'm not talking to anybody about this. I'm just going to say, go watch Hail to the King. So you have, so that connective tissue is there because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that that has been the thing that they've been trying to do is, and it was it, like that advice didn't even come from me i think marvel was pushing hey hail to the king is out that's a thing that maybe you want to go watch before right. you go watch yeah, yeah they were it's like yeah why marvel <laughs> um, where was it released uh, when it was first released it, <laughs> where was, was it, it was a dvd extra on thor the dark world ah right. uh, okay yeah yeah um and that was like a couple nights ago. I rewatched Iron Man three to kind of like also. I kind of wanted to have all that fresh in my mind, like Iron Man yep. three to Hail to the King to Shang Chi, and just get it going from there. Ah, oh, that would have been clever. I think of the Iron Man movies. That's the one that I watched the mo- rewatched the most. I think I've seen it at least three to four times. It's so good. I only just watched it for the first time. I think um, mm-hmm. when I did my big my big Marvel rewatch. And then you went, why didn't I watch this in the first place? Uh, well, I don't I know. Fe- if we I, like. to. I don't love it as much mm. as as some other Iron Man movies or even other Marvel movies. The The way that they did his PTSD thing was a bit... It's very heavy-handed. For me. It mm-hmm. is very heavy-handed. Yeah. Most of what Marvel puts out is heavy-handed because... They know their audience, and there's a lot of their audience that needs that hand-holding. I don't feel like most of their movies are heavy-handed. I don't know. Maybe it's because that particular thing is a bit more relatable for me. Sure. Like, I have more um, first- and second-hand experience with it that I'm like, all right, you've made your point. We can move on. Mm -hmm. Um, but other stuff, maybe not so much, so I don't pick up on it in the same way. It's hmm. fair. I, I, I end up think, finding most most of their fare is heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we, yeah, I get the point. I, I get the point that you're trying to do. It's There's some that are a little more subtle, but there's still a lot of... Hand-holding? Yeah. And it, it's not... Uh, I'm not putting a knock against people who, like, Marvel movies because I'm one of them, but you are playing to a much bro- like right. Marvel fans who are comic readers and Marvel movie fans mm-hmm. are two different audiences, and whereas like Marvel comic readers 
are a subset of the Marvel fan, Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom. And when you're dealing with that broad of a, an audience and you're a studio as big as Marvel and Disney, you tend to go, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and, and, you know, play to the lowest common denominator when really they should, they should stop doing that because the more you underestimate your audience, the more you make the more that people like Ridley Scott can take pot shots at your movies. You know, the guy that the guy that made Prometheus should probably shut up about making Aww. About... No, I one hundred percent agree. I, no, Prometheus because... is bad. Sorry. I'm not. I, I'm not going to come at it from that angle. I'm going to come at it from the angle of watching all these behind-the-scenes stuff about Shang Chi, and watching the behind-the-scenes stuff on the Mandalorian. I don't think it's a matter of they're wrong or right about whether or not it's art. I think it's they no longer understand the art of movie making because. The ep- it is evolving to a degree that they don't understand it. it when well, you well, listen to... Sorry, go ahead. Let's say what's what's funny is that the ones that are kind of saying, that are kind of talking the most trash are the ones that all came out of that early like USC film school that in the 70s were being ripped apart by directors from the 40s and 50s. Like these young kids... They don't know how the studio system works. They're just out there with their, you know, you know, sixteen millimeter camera, and like, yeah, they're just filming crap. And it's like, yeah, now you are the angry old man yelling at clouds, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and it's not a good look. Right. It's that. It's that Especially, old school gatekeeper mentality. Yeah. Yep. And there, there are certainly arguments to be had about: is this art? Is it not art? Because that's always the truth with all art is there's the argument of like, is this art? Um, but I, I really think it starts to boil down to they, they like you're talking about, it's the old school. They do not understand how film is evolving. Like yeah. you, you watch the behind the scenes of uh, the Mandalorian where you, you watch the Mandalorian. It's like, Oh, this was directed by so-and-so and this was directed by so-and-so and this was directed by so-and-so. And then you find out, no, it wasn't. All six of those directors were on set all the time. Those are collaborative directions. Right. And watching the the stuntmen react videos to Shang Chi, and watching some of the 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 what is it, assembled the assembled show mm-hmm. on yeah. D- Disney Plus. Cretton was not a in the bubble director. He was not the, this is my way and no one else. When it came to the fight scenes, the people who, Cretton didn't direct those. He oversaw the direction, but the people who directed that were the people who choreographed it because they had already shot those same scenes 20 different times. Yeah. Before it even got to the movie. (laughs) So like from practice stunt work to previs to, Okay, this is what the final fight is going to look like. Now we have to do it with the the actual actors. It's like that's that's a lot more collaborative than Ridley Scott would have done, right? Because he's just like, no, this is this is my 
artwork. This is my movie. I don't mean to just pick on Ridley Scott, but his was the most recent. I was just saying, like, Norm in the chat is also saying, like, oh, Ridley Scott's best days are behind him. Uh, Raised by Wolves, uh, that HBO show that he did, like, didn't even get going until he got out of the way. I'm like, hmm, I'm not, like, defending Ridley Scott. I'm not, like, a huge, like, Ridley Scott fan. He's obviously putting his foot in his, his, has put his foot in his mouth recently and kind of a dumb shit with some really dumbass comments uh, to, Mm -hmm. rather than just, like, admit he made a, a movie nobody wanted to see. Right. Um, because the last duel flopped, and he's blaming millennials. Uh, but he also did the House of Gucci, uh, same year release, and that was a hit. Uh, you know, and he's he's done a lot of really really good stuff, including semi recent stuff like The Martian, which we all fucking loved. Yeah, The Martian's great. I never saw it. Um, oh, it's so good. It helps that he's working on amazing source material. That's true. The Here's- Martian is an incredible book, and so. As long as you try to stay true to the the that story, it's hard to fuck it up. But right, so. and the and the thing with Ridley Scott, and I've said this for years back when this show was fucking called Film Fever Radio, because uh, Scott's a big Ridley Scott fan, but even he is like, dude, Ridley, shut up for a little while, all right? Just shh, quiet. Yep. Um, He's eighty four, you know, you're gonna you're gonna fuck up. Yeah. That I'll being said. Ready. He's never made an ugly movie. Like he is very talented with the camera. His visuals, his visual storytelling, is almost without equal out there. You can is never he his see his own director never, of photography. No, but he does help set it up a lot, okay. and he has very much a vision and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You'll okay. never see a Ridley Scott movie and think, "Oh, it was okay," but boy, was it just not good, not fun to watch. Like you're never going to say that about one of his movies. Um, this is I, true. I will. Prometheus was gorgeous. Yeah, it's just awful. And it makes no sense. Confusing. Yeah, it makes no sense. But gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing, starting to see that with uh, Denis Villeneuve. Like, he's batting a thousand in terms of, like, beautiful films, aesthetics. And thankfully, he's all, you know, everywhere else is good, too. But, huh? (laughs) Aesthetics. Aesthetics. Yeah, but I also know that, uh, what's his name, Scorsese... You know, took a shot at him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did love it when Scorsese took a shot at streaming services ruining cinema, and then six months later went on a promo tour for The Irishman, which was a Netflix exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. All of a I'm sudden, like, he was okay with it. I'm like, uh, yeah, either fucking like sh- you know, shake your fist at it or get on the train, but yeah. you can't really do both and like come out on top. It's funny, and then we'll, we should probably get back to the Shang Chi really <laughs> quick, but I think. Um, the, uh, the Swedish actor uh, Stellan Skarsgård, mm-hmm. who have been in a couple Marvel movies. He was recently in Dune. He was asked about that, and I really liked his answer. It basically boiled down to, he's like, I've got nothing against superhero movies. He's like, I have been in a couple. He's like, they're fun. We need those. They're roller coaster movies, and we should have more of those. You know, he's like, the problem is that you've got the studio system basically run by eight people, like the eight richest people in the world. And unless you can, all they want are blockbusters anymore. So those quieter mid-budget movies just aren't getting made anymore. And that's kind of a lot of where all these old directors kind of cut their teeth was making those movies. And studios, even I think even Kevin Smith said this once, he said it's harder, it's easier to get a hundred million dollar greenlit than it is a ten million dollar movie, mm-hmm. because they see those massive numbers, so they think 
blockbuster. They think billion dollar profit. If you tell them ten million dollar movie, they're like, oh, I don't think there's a market for it, and they just won't do it. I don't know yep. that that's really true, though. That like, oh, there's nowhere to make like an art film anymore. I mean, in the we... U.S., there is not. What about A24? Are they not a U.S. company? But see, that kind of thing is, and they're and those are actually considered low budget movies. Mm-hmm. There, and that's different. What I'm talking about is the mid budget ones, like the the ones that would like you know they they do well enough. Um, there are good chances for people to try stuff out, um, and that's actually kind of happening in a weird way with like Marvel movies in that they'll find a darling director who made an amazing low budget movie, give them a massive blockbuster, and then kind of also make them stop filming in their own style. I keep thinking about the Eternals. Um, you know, they hired her because they love her vision, and then it felt like that. They, then they then hampered her, like, no, you have to make a Marvel movie. She's like, well, why did you hire me to do this then? Kind of thing. Have you seen the Eternals yet, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one way that will help if you go see the Eternals, either A, wait for it to get on Disney Plus or on, on Blu-ray, which is a bummer. Um, because she, because she, uh, Zhang Hing loves natural light so much, like everything in that movie is almost always shot at the golden hour, which makes for beautiful cinematography. Uh, but it also requires theaters to turn their bulbs up to 100%. And since bulbs last, this is very technical and nerdy, but since bulbs last longer, if you turn them down, every complaint you heard about the Eternals looking dark and muddy is probably the theater's fault. <laughs> hmm. I don't remember feeling like it was too dark. That just that was one of the complaints I would come across a lot, hmm. which was interesting. But Yeah, so anyway, that's just kind of where I'm at, I guess. So Yeah, I'm with Bean. I didn't... That was not my film-going experience. We were in the same theater. Right. And I I feel like I remember all of the the conversations and articles surrounding uh, that director, you know, being like, yeah, we wanted it to feel different. And that's why we hired a, you know, a more artistic director. And and that's that's what we got. Right. Chloe Zhao. Thank you. I knew Mm -hmm. it was Chloe something. Um. And then that's why then they're going to keep doing that, right? We talked about how they're hiring uh, the director who did "Promising Young Woman" is going to direct uh, a Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm only seeing you know like the the sugar coated articles about the situation, but <laughs> I had been under the impression that like, no, 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 we're trying to. Like get a little bit more diverse in the way we tell stories, both uh, in in terms of writing and and visually, artistically, and and that's why they're oh yeah doing they are that, and that so far it's working. So I don't. Um, anyway, back to Shang Chi. <laughs> uh, All of this is some... related. It's not like we've moved yeah. away from it. No, for sure. I, I it does have some like visually stunning stuff it's it's not the most beautiful movie i've seen in a while um i'm blinking i feel like there was something i saw 
somewhat recently that I was like, oh my god, it was absolutely beautiful to watch, and now I can't even now I can't even think of the title. Um, but but Shang Chi is is lovely. It has some like really good visual effects and and scenes, uh, the mm-hmm. Talo stuff especially. Yeah. And that was, they actually built that town. They built the village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool to see. Uh, I love how they were talking about how, um, like, there's there's a particular house in the village that is is very detailed. They even like put in this really beautiful floor. Mm-hmm. You don't go into that house for the whole film. It's just <laughs> over there, mm-hmm. and they did it. They built the whole thing. Oh yeah. Uh, I I kind of want to travel to there and and see see this this village that they built. It's in Australia, I believe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a lot of stuff getting filmed in Australia because they have fewer outbreaks of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um... uh, even before that, they have a really really friendly uh, mm-hmm. film film taxes, and especially if you have a very international cast and crew, it's just better all around for now to film there for now yeah <clears throat> but um yeah i want to play on the bus rig <laughs> that was i didn't realize that bus fight took them six months to film i i didn't realize that they filmed it they filmed the entire movie in sequence Mm-hmm. Which doesn't happen anymore. Not really. But I can see why this one actually might be easier to film it in sequence because a it doesn't go back and forth between San Francisco and 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 China. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's it does true. make sense to just you know what let's just film as it's written because we're not revisiting sets mm-hmm. kind of thing. So and then that they filmed everything through the bus sequence. And then COVID hit, and they closed production. Yeah. And it was almost a year, I think, before they were able to start filming again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they just started in Macau and went forward. Right. Yeah. That was fascinating. That was really cool. Um, yeah, so what are some of the other things you... I, I'm going over your list again here. <laughs> oh, well, it was the... Definitely the spoiler thing. I just to re- go backwards. I still need to emphasize that Aquafina is now an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I I wouldn't hammer that point home, nor would I really say that. Except at no point was she ever treated as the plucky sidekick. No, no, that was something that we've, uh, you in particular, Cable, have mentioned a lot, is that um, all of the characters, not all the characters, but but everyone on the team essentially has a a storyline that they mm-hmm. are living through in this movie. You know, for uh, for for Menger Zang, it's the, you know, like, I had to build my own empire because I was left out. Uh, for Aquafina, it's mm-hmm. the like I don't have a direction in in life, and then all of a sudden she's like amazing at this one thing. The there's a couple points. Uh, one, it, it's apparently Munger, Munger's 
Thank you. I I didn't realize it until I was watching uh, Assembled. Um, it wasn't until this the third watching of um, Shang-Chi that I'm reminded that Aquafina's character, Katie, has a master's degree. We don't know what it, that, or an honors degree. We don't know what in, but yeah. she, gra- honors? she, she graduated say you're the... college with all honors. Yeah. I think it's a master's, but she graduated with honors. Mm-hmm. So I guess so they said you're the only, you're the only person ever. Yeah. Who now parks cars for a living. Right. So we don't, and she admits to herself, it's like, oh, I just, I know my limits. So I just stop when I get good at things. It's like, so you do get good at things. It's, it's weird that someone with that type of mentality wouldn't even have, have finished a master's and, and let alone, you know, finish it with honors. Right. <laughs> so it, it's, I, I think that's where we have to start separating Aquafina from the character of Katie, because the character of Katie is written very differently than mm-hmm. th- what we, the public, are familiar with Aquafina being the only person that I think that is more representative of what we think of when we think of Aquafina is John John played by uh, Ronnie Chang because <laughs> his character is 100% Aquafina's character from like Crazy Rich Asians yeah mm-hmm. oh, yeah, she's, she's pretty over the top in that one mm-hmm. um but you're right. Like I, I thought it was really interesting when they shared in the uh, the assembled episode that uh, they cast uh, Aquafina before they were even done uh, auditioning for mm-hmm. the part of Shang Chi. Um, Which I I have a list of who else they were considering. Oh, did you take that down? Yeah, I did. Let's have it. <laughs> so there's Ludi Lin. Um. Who played? Uh, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. He's from uh, Mortal Kombat. He's pretty. Oh, he uh, probably uh, did. He play Liu Kang. He played Liu Kang. Okay, thank you. Uh, Steven Yeun from I mean, the. They're Walking all going to be pretty. They were potential Marvel movie stars. Yep. Mike Mole. He's a little old for this role, but okay. Wait, Steven Lin. Steven Yeun. Steven Yeun oh, yeah. from the Walking yeah. Dead. Uh, then there's Mike Moe. Mike Moe played uh, Bruce Lee in uh, Fuck That Guy's Movie. Um, oh, right. I have I have zero love for Quentin Tarantino these days. Sorry. I don't either. I'll, I'll give a shit. I, I um, Alex Landy, who's... Uh, I think he's from... Show about the doctors. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Um, Ross Butler. The, the show that won't ever go away, you mean? Yeah, ever. apparently. Ross Butler, I, d- I didn't recognize. And then um, Lewis Tan. Isn't Tam. he on Riverdale? Yes. yes, Ross Butler is on like, Riverdale. Thank I'm you. like, I know that face. Um, Lewis Tan was the, the last one, and Lewis Tan was also in Mortal Kombat. Right, the only one I didn't find was Mike Moe. M O H is how uh. you put it. Mike Mike, that's a white guy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know him from anything. Hmm. Um, yeah, he There's, was from there Once Upon a Time. There were some good options here, for sure. Yeah. But, some, some for me Wait, are a did... definite no, but... 
was fucking was Lewis Tan um uh what's his name in Deadpool 2? Oh, he's a um from, oh. from 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 Mojo World um Shatterstar. Viral? Oh, it's Shatterstar? Yeah. Um, I'm like you, but better. I don't know. I think he might be. Oh my god, he was. He was Shatterstar. Yeah, yeah Shadowstar. What a stupid character. I never laughed so hard. I laughed more when he died than when the Vanisher died, which was still hilarious, too. Yeah, Lewis Tan is was also um, in one episode of Iron Fist. Um, he had originally um, auditioned for the part of... Um, the fuck Dan- is... Danny? Danny. Yeah, he had auditioned for Danny Rand. <laughs> I'm which looking at all great. the... I'm looking at a bunch of like headshots and photos of Lewis Tan. I feel like he has a permanent blue steel face. He's always kind of going, kind of, yeah. <laughs> he is alarmingly ripped. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's... he he can perform his own martial arts stunts because yeah. he he's one of those guys. Uh, like <laughs> uh, his father was a stunt man and stunt performer, and so he kind of grew up in the life. <laughs> Uh, like Ross Butler for me is a no. Um, Mike Moe, I don't know. And I think I think Stephen Yen. I love Stephen Yen, but I think he's too old for this character. I think it came down to um, comedic timing, and yeah. Simu was the only one that had that. Right. And I, I would argue at this point, now having watched the movie three times and kind of really dug into this. I don't think that movie works if it's not Simu. Because, because he has that comedic element to him? I think it's also because he effortlessly, it appears effortless the way he plays Shang-Chi. And watching all the backstories, it, they're, all the, the behind the scenes, it was not effortless for him. It was, he put no. in the work every day. Um, I feel bad for laughing, but every time you see him being stretched, he's going, "No, I hate oh, you." Damn. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and in some ways, funny. getting becoming more flexible is more painful than becoming buff. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's funny that the the person who did all that training was Andy Lay, who Who's played Death Dealer. Death Dealer, who did all of Death Dealer was the the brutal trainer of Shang Chi. Right. Yeah. So it's like I, I really enjoy that parallel. Um, I also love no, how it, Death Dealer had like the least epic death. Like the trailers really make you think there's going to be a throwdown. Nah, mm-hmm. just gets killed by the demon. Wah, that wah. seems to be one of those sticking points that people are like, "Oh, I hate it. He didn't. He didn't like. He should have had the epic fight." And it's like that was the whole point was to subvert that trope. Yeah, <laughs> and to give you give the Ten Rings the opportunity to go. Oh, we need to switch sides right now. Yeah, totally. It took out our best guy in a second. We're switching teams. Go pick up a dragon scale weapon now. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that was one of the, the smarter writing choices. Yeah. Uh, I think but the other thing, you're right, it doesn't work without... If you don't have Simu, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi doesn't work potentially because if you don't have an actor that has natural comedic timing and is able to kind of deliver 
that that look. They're able to give that kind of like what? Like they're able to give that like the part when he shows up in the fight ring and she's like, "How come your shirt's off?" and he's like, "I don't know." Mm. That's what they just did. That's Which, what they talked about on that episode of uh, They Call Us Bruce is uh, that it's not just that he's funny. It's that he has his his style of comedy is reactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and it's physical. funny because of what's happened, like the situational the, the thing that's going on and how he responds to it. He's not trying to make a joke or, you know, like right. a bunch of one liners. He's just living in the scene and and he makes it funny. Yeah, and if he's not good at that, um, you can't act opposite Aquafina if you can't do that. You also can't act opposite Tony Leon or Michelle yeah. Yeoh. You yeah. cannot do that. Oh, my God. I don't know that I've ever seen anything else that Tony Leon has been in, but he is a wonderful actor. Um it I think really... we've had. I think we've had this breakdown. Cable and I have a list of ton of the young movies you could watch if you'd like. Yeah, Very most of well. them are directed by Wong Kar Wai. Yeah. The, the the number one thing I think, and I, and they share this in that uh, Avengers Assembled uh, doc, is how. So there, there's the the scene where Tony Leung uh, meets. Um, I'm going to forget her name. She's no, no, no. Um, the mom, the oh, the mom that they fridge. Ying Li. Mm-hmm. So they meet outside of Talo and they have that beautiful like, Crouching Tiger style fight. Uh, and, and in that scene, you are seeing him fall in love with her mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. And then that see that fight scene is mirrored between uh, Tony Leung and Simu Liu at the end, uh, near the end. And not only is the are, are the sequences mirrored, but also... Tony Leung's expressions are mirrored, and they mm-hmm. and so they show them like you know like side to side, and the way he is both duplicating himself from one scene versus the other, but also expressing two very different emotions, and and mm-hmm. that now that fight for them is like the is, is like the pinnacle of the relationship that he's ever going to have with his son. Uh, and so it's, it's really heartbreaking uh, to see him realize that that's what's happening. Like, you know, to see like, Oh, my, my son is like coming into his own and he is, he's, he's better than me. He's a better fighter. And he's, he's, you know, like I, I imagine anyway that he is like, well, you know, he's right. He is, he is being a better person than me mm-hmm. right now by fighting me in this and winning. Um, and it's probably over for me soon, but I'm 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 also really proud. There's just yeah. so much. There's just so much the, that goes into one facial expression, and there's no words. No words. Yeah. Every time I see it in my head, I think that what's going through, um, was going through uh, uh, Wen Wu's head when he's having that final fight with his son. Especially that scene again. It mirrors the first fight he had with his eventual wife. It's a I'm going to lose because I have forgotten her place in my heart, but my son mm-hmm. has not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's his emotion. That is the, what leads to his physical defeat um, is the, I, I forgot about her. I became obsessed with her while losing her at the same time kind of thing. 
I so, love that there's a Lego of him. That's pretty cool. Um, a couple points. The the style of the, the first fight scene in Shang-Chi, uh, Denise, is called Wuxia. Yeah. It refers to the films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where it is a martial arts film, but it is also deeply entrenched in fantasy. Mm. And that that entire scene is the thing that the reason they created that scene is to show you exactly what kind of martial arts movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was about to be. You were talking before where you weren't expecting any of that. And that was shorthand for the filmmakers to go, this is the kind of martial arts movie we're making. And people yeah. familiar with wuxia movies went, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that at all. I, okay. Yeah, that where's this gonna go? That was me because, like in the trailers, the only fights you really see are maybe a little bit in the club. In Macau. it's mostly the bus, and it's the bus. the bus. So you're at I. I mean, I went bonkers over that. That looked great. Yeah, but I love that style of like Chinese fantasy martial arts film. So when it basically opens with that, I was like, oh, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get Chinese fantasy also. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> I see, and I didn't I didn't really pick up on that because. I only have ever seen that one movie when it was new. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not know it was a whole genre, essentially. Oh, man. You'll have to send me the, the spelling on that, because I would like to know more. It's W-U-X-I-A. Wuxia. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of them on Netflix, because they still make them like crazy in, in, in China and in Korea. Korea makes no, a lot. I South no Korea idea. makes a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, this is to Norm. To th- uh, wushu is different than Wuxia. And yeah. I would wushu argue is a that, style, right? Yeah, Wuxia is a yeah. style of uh, Kung Fu. Um, I would argue that 2046 is not peak Wong Kar Wai. I think In the Mood for Love is peak Wong Kar Wai. Oh. 2046 is fantastic. Um, also was filmed without a script. Oh. <sighs> That's insane. Anyway, yeah. um, but yes, House of Flying Daggers is an example of wuxia. Uh, hero, I think, is a little historical, a yeah. little wuxia. Yes. Um, I, I will say, though, uh, I think, Kate, when I talked about this before, Denise, when you see In the Mood for Love, um, have a fresh blocks of, like, be ready for emotions. Don't tell me how I'm going to feel. Okay. I, I'm not going to make those claims, Denise. <laughs> I know that I need it. And I usually need a, a day where I don't talk to anybody because I'm not, I'm emotionally raw. That movie gutted me the first time I watched it. Yeah. I think I got to see it on at PSU's movie theater when I worked mm-hmm. over there. And I just kind of went, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't <laughs> a mistake, but... Oh. It's right up there with the uh, with the killers when Chalian when they're both basically blinded at the end mm-hmm. and they're crawling mm-hmm. on the ground and they miss each other, not being able to connect. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> have fun. Then go watch Grave of the Fireflies. I love oh. that. Then... <laughs> but you know how much I love to be devastated by oh, then by, you're my, gonna... by my entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the, the final topic that I had 
put forth to discuss well, with this. Oh, you know what sorry, we should say ahead. before that? Yes, I do. Let's talk about our friends at Asylum. Thirty-seven thirteen Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard. Oh my God, it was so funny. So a few nights ago, we had a very old old friend of Jen's and and his brother over for dinner, mm-hmm. and we were talking about furniture and stuff. We mentioned how we were finally becoming adults, and we bought ourselves a table um, from the store Asylum, and they want to know where it was. And Jen's like, "It's uh yeah, across from the Baghdad." Um, I, I, like I didn't even beat. I went thirty seven thirteen Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, right across the Baghdad Theater. <laughs> And then she was like, oh, right, you would know that, don't you? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And see, if I had been there, I wouldn't have done it like that way. 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, because I yeah. am a monster, and that's how uh, I have to do things. They have new holiday hours. Yes, they yes. do. Yeah. So they are, well, they're closed Monday, December 6th, which is pointless because Yesterday. we were recording on Tuesday, December 7th. <laughs> they're also going to be closed Monday, December 13th, and Christmas. However... The rest of the week, they are opening at noon, usually a little earlier, they said, and staying open till four, and then very likely later, depending on foot traffic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which is like... huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah. I lost track of what I was going to say. Um, which means you have plenty of opportunities to go uh, do some gift shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, they have these beautiful bookends um, from MoMA that overlap each other. So if you're not using them, you can tuck them all in together. You know how book book bookends like to nest, and they make a cool, colorful <laughs> design. Like birds? Mm-hmm. Burbs. Burbs. Barbs. Yes. Yes. They, they, they a different style of nesting. I don't, I don't know if... Yes, let's just say like birds. Bookends like burb, burb, burb bookends. Burb, burby bookends from the MoMA. Oh, now I wish mm-hmm. that they came from a, a museum that had more B words in it. Beautiful bird-like bookends. <laughs> They've also got some new paintings. If you're mm-hmm. if you're in the in in the market for some some fun, funky vintage modern vintage uh, paintings, they've got a, a couple new items to choose from there. And then these got shared a couple days ago, but I thought that they were really interesting, and I'm excited about them. Are these little candle holders that are very like modern minimalist? So cool. Um, they look like. They almost look like a like a child's stacking toy because it's concentrically sized, circley things. And so, if you flip it one end one way, it is big enough to hold your tea lights. And if you flip it the other way, so that the smaller circles are on top, it is sized for your taper candles. So, mm-hmm. if you're having some, you know, maybe if you're having some holiday dinner parties, or maybe you're decorating your beautiful mantle for mm-hmm. for Christmas or. Hanukkah? I don't really think Hanukkah already passed. I'm Hanukkah sorry. has passed, yes. Um, you know, it's it is the year for for many many types of lights and lighting, mm-hmm. and get you some gorgeous modern candle holders. And for like some of you like older Gen Xers, uh, the candle holders look a lot like uh, Devo hats. I guess I could have shorthanded it that way. Yes, <laughs> they're not red though. They are I- not red. I personally like um, Denise's lengthy descriptions of what she's seeing on screen at Asylum. I think that is a feature and not a bug of our live reads for Asylum. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to make sure that Deb and Anton are getting their money's worth out of these ads. So I will go on for as long as you need me to <laughs> about stackable bubble tea light candle holders. <laughs> A box for 12 is only $10. They are clear glass. They hold your tea light candles. They are bubble shaped and they stack, you guys. 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard. Don't forget to follow them online at facebook.com slash pdxasylum. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. And we're back. That was a beautiful live read. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Okay, so the last thing I was going to ask is, um, this is very hard to word, but what is the marvelist, marvely, Marvel-esque thing that you want to come out of or or be related to Shang-Chi next? Like, do you want to see Shang-Chi show up in any of the other movies? Do you want um, there to be mention of the Ten Rings somewhere? Do you want either the Ten Rings or the Ten Rings? Yeah. Because that's a thing. I think it will be really fun to pair up Shang-Chi and, and Katie, you know, who are obviously going to be moving into this, you know, bigger universe together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both funnier characters. And so rather than see them team up with other, like, more humory characters like Ant-Man or any of the Guardians of the Galaxy, although that would be fun too, I really want to see them get paired up with some of the, like, more serious, no nonsensey type uh, Avenger characters like um, uh, Doctor Strange, um, Wanda. I think Wanda would probably like not have it with them. I'm actually wondering. We might actually get some more hints of Shang Chi and Doctor Strange because, of all things, I watched Ant Man and the Wasp also recently, and a lot of the energy in the quantum realm looks very similar to when they zoom in on the energy of the rings at the end of the movie. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's some, that's some uh, deep cut stuff. I want them to go down. Yeah. I mean, I want agents of Atlas from this. Just you and me both brother. I, 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 just, I just want that damn thing. so bad. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but who knows at this point? Um, it's kind of talking gorilla. I know. I know. And a does. robot. Oh, and oh. and woo, Jimmy Woo. I mean uh. I I do want a reveal. Like I do want to see uh Shang on screen with Jimmy Woo. I think the pairing of other Marvel superheroes that I want to see is I actually want to see him with Spider Man because there's a whole there was a a, a storyline in Spider Man where Sp- Spider-Man was losing his powers or was he had lost his spider sense. Mm-hmm. So he came to Shang-Chi to train him in martial arts. So he's like, like I have the proportionate strength of a spider. I can lift and throw a bus, but that doesn't mean I know how to actually throw a punch properly. Right. It's like, I can punch the rhino, but I don't know how to do any of the martial arts that you do. So Shang-Chi started training him how to use his powers in a form of Kung Fu. That would be pretty cool. And I would like, like, that's the thing that I want to see. I want to see him 
not only just become an Avenger, but influence the fighting styles of the next level of Avengers. Like, yeah, Captain Marvel can punch through an entire spaceship. What if she also knew Tai Chi? Yeah. What if she could do those maneuvers and with even less effort to take out an entire alien armada? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It would be fun. And I wouldn't want it to be adversarial. I'd like it to be like a fun little side scene of Mm -hmm. Daredevil and Shang-Chi fighting. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Like, (laughs) not like angry at each other, but like a spar, like a good little like, whoa. Kind of like normal. like when Superman and the Flash braced each other to see who mm-hmm. was really the fastest. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the fight we never saw at the end of Rocky Three when Rocky had to finally pay back Apollo for training him, and they have that. They literally the movie ends as they go to throw their punches each, and then it's referenced again in Creed, which is kind of wonderful. Um, and even though I know you said Bean, you didn't want a lot of the jokey stuff. The one thing I will disagree on is I would really love to see Katie. And Lewis from Ant Man recap each other's lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Just to be clear, I'm not saying I don't want that. Yeah, I'm just saying like that seems a little bit easy to like That's pair, like route. combine yeah. the goofy kids with the other goofy kids. No, but what I, what is really amusing to me is to is to put the funny kids with the serious kids and. And see how that dynamic plays out. Oh, I would pay real money to put Katie in a room with Bucky. <laughs> that yeah. would be another really good one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, is that a metal arm? Oh no. Do you know that this kid that runs around and plays with spiders? <laughs> yeah. We're also going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. First up, Bridge City Comics. 3725 South... <laughs> 3725 North... Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Uh, All kinds of fantastic books are out right now. Um, But again, you know, we're doing that deep dive into Shang-Chi here. And if you are just curious about, you know, maybe the new stuff they're doing with the characters, it kind of relates into the more, to the, you know, the MCU and, and whatnot, you can pick that up at Bridge City Comics. And if you find out that you really like the series, but you, you know, scheduling, whatever, you never remember, like, oh, this is the week the new Jiangxi comes out, um, start a subscription box. That way you never miss a title, and then every once in a while, they will throw in a title that they think you might like. Now, you're not on the hook for that one. Um, you know, it's just them looking out for you, but you know what? Like, 90% of the time, they're right, and you're going to add that book to your list. So, get yourself to Bridge City Comics Open the subscription box, and, you know, that way you never miss your favorite comic book and your favorite title ever, ever again. Um, If you are, you know, looking to buy something for a friend or family member, you don't know what titles they like, you can always get a Bridge City Comics gift certificate. That way it is guaranteed that the person you are purchasing for is going to get exactly what they like, and they will get it at Bridge City Comics. 37 25 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in a City Radio. Just like our longest sponsor, Guardian Games! Woo! <laughs> you can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street here in 
Portland, Oregon. They really are just the greatest and best game store in the country. They are huge and fantastic, and they are filled with uh, uh, employees and, and folk who know every game out there. They may not each all know them all, but, you know, they'll make sure that they find someone who helps you out. Um, uh, D&D folks, sorry, I'm bouncing around today. This is very weird. Hmm. Uh, D&D players, uh, Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos has dropped today or technically yesterday. Uh, the book just looks fantastic or, you know, maybe I've actually gotten a lot of like parents who reach out to me and they're like, Hey, my kid's really into fantasy. Like they really love like the Harry Potter stuff and they've watched like Critical Role and they seem to be getting into D&D, but like, you know, maybe they're not like traditional, like Tolkien-esque, you know, fantasy folks are like, oh, they don't need to do the dragon thing, but they're really into, like, Harry Potter. Is there, like, can D&D do that? I mean, yes, it always could if you wanted to, but now there's a book that really helps you do it. Strixhaven, A Curriculum Chaos is basically all about the hijinks one can get into when they are attending a magic school. So please check that out. And remember, they don't just sell D&D there, obviously. They sell all kinds of games there. They even have, like, the classic games that you'll find at big box stores. But they usually have the ones that have, like, a fun twist. Like, there are themed versions or collector editions, like, real pretty designs or throwbacks to how they originally looked when the game came out. All that can be yours at Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Game. Um, ooh. Sorry, I'm going to answer a question that came up a long time ago. Oh. Uh, as far as I know, Morris or Hunduns have never been in any Shang-Chi comics. Um, if they're going to be, it will be in the mod- more modern incarnation. All of the other ones, even the ones from the past 10, 15 years, have focused more on him being the best fighter and yeah. not on the fantasy background. Um, the current run uh, is focuses more on him taking over his father's uh, organization and re and uh, reuniting with his family. So it has the same overtones as the the movie. Oh, okay. That, so, yeah, that's cool. But that yeah, the, the Hunden that was all everything uh, Tano and and. Uh, the creatures that were there that was the modern screenwriter um Callahan bringing that in yeah apparently the the big horse looking things the weird horses mm-hmm. um he has one of those tattooed on his back so he yeah. was really happy to bring that into and, and put that on screen speaking of some of that behind the scenes thing and that and that little and that creature can we also talk about how like Ben Kingsley also pulled like a Werner Herzog and they were like I'm going to speak to the puppet. The puppeteer is an actor. And like they're like, we can replace this little green blob. He's like, no, I've gone quite fond of it. It's like <laughs> that's Morris. My my rapport is with the like with the puppeteer. The puppeteer knows how to make that thing emote and react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It was Kingsley it was Kingsley's speech about that that I'm like, that's a man that understands the evolution of the art. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. none of this matters get back to it's like it doesn't matter how big the story is it doesn't matter how fantastical it is when you look at the craftspeople building a village and putting detail that is never going to show up on screen but the actors see it and that informs their performance Mm -hmm. that's artistry 
And to then claim that superhero movies aren't art is a crock of shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Kingsley's speech about that. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. It was. I really appreciated that that, that commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, you know, he's he's like a renowned and respected artist, and he, you know, he chooses to keep coming back for this role. Yep. So that that by itself says something. Uh, that was, I think he he was one of uh, his inclusion in the cast was one of uh, Munger Zhang's favorite things. Because this is also her, much like Simu, this is her first major motion picture. This is yeah. her first IMDb credit. She comes from the stage. And so she just, as soon as she met Ben Kingsley, it's like, so tell me about Shakespeare. Tell me about <laughs> the theater. Tell well, me everything. She also asked him, how did you transition from theater to screen? Mm-hmm. And Kingsley had mentioned in another interview, he's like, she wasn't just talking to me to talk. He's like, she'd ask a question, I'd start talking, and she'd whip out a notebook, and she was taking notes on what I said. <laughs> yeah, even he he had said, he's like, you guys are going to see a lot more of her for a long time. Um, for those people who didn't hear the announcement today, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, um, has, they announced Shang-Chi 2. They also announced that he's directing a Disney Plus television show. Uh, they haven't announced what it is. I will bet real money it is The Ten Rings. The Ten Rings. Yeah. Starring Monger Zhang and Ronnie Chang. Yeah, <laughs> no, knowing how they, how they do things these days, that, that seems like a really good bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it's ten episodes. It's got to be the goddamn Ten Rings. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Kingsley's right. She's She's a force yet to be reckoned with. Yeah. Which she's is cool. she's still one of my favorite things about the movie. And again, getting back to, you couldn't have had Shang Chi without Simu. If Simu wasn't the actor that he was, he he would have tried. His presence would have upstaged everyone else in that movie. And instead, he lets you watch him and watch everyone else at the same time. I, th- I think that says a lot to his performance and to his how he thinks about acting and his w- yeah. work ethic. Because sure. Munger, um, sh- like, y- you could see Munger, you could see Tony, you could see um, Aquafina. All of their performances were, they all worked well together. It wasn't just Simu's movie. No. Yeah, exactly. Which I would like to tell him someday in person. Well, that'd be nice. I would. Plans for 2022. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think this is a pretty good spot to wrap up the show. I think so. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, Bean, you're out for the next two weeks, right? No, not yet, not yet. Um, oh, I will right. be here. I'll be around next week, but then the last two of the year, I will be out of town. I had to, you know, I had to work around the holidays and and right. you know, busy flight days, and uh, did not really take into consideration how many Tuesdays I would miss at the end of the year. That's all right. I also forgot yeah. that December is like a five Tuesday month for us. Mm-hmm. I think so. Did you want to do? Uh, do you want to do Bebop? 
Um, will we be ready for Bebop next week? I may not be, but I'll still talk about it. I, I mean, we, we, don't, can... we can do it without spoilers. I'm sure that there's still a lot that can be said. I actually don't care about spoilers on this at all. Like, okay. it, like I've watched the animated series. I'm currently watching the animated series. So Yeah, yeah and they stick pretty close to it. Yeah, that's pretty much For what better I'm or worse, which, it... which gives a hint about next week mm-hmm. if we talk about Bebop. I think that I think that would be a good topic, and it's yeah, still it's still relevant, and you know, talk like I think it's important that this show talks about a show that's led by an Asian American, a Korean American, a Mexican American, and an African American. Yeah. Uh, in that case, yeah, I would love <laughs> uh, to uh, for for my month to be only uh, Asian led uh, media. Uh, and and for my last show of the year to be uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that music's always so good. And then uh, just a really quick thing before we sign off, because we talked about Ben Kingsley, and I'm trying to think in my head when was the last time. I mean, he's always great, but then I remembered him in Sexy Beast, and also forgot that he can be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. I've never seen that either. Oh man! First off, he's kind of ripped in it, mm-hmm. and he was already like what in his fifties by then. Yeah, beast or beasts? Beast, sexy beast. Okay, beast. there we go. Sexy the internet beast. really wants me to be looking for a sexy beasts, the British reality show, and I'm like, that no. can't be what he. No, means. no, 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 no. Oh yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh... It's been so long. I'm due for a rewatch on that. Yeah, I think he got nominated for Best Actor for that one, too. But, uh, yeah, no, he's putting on a show in that movie. <laughs> Ian McShane is in it, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, what's going on the list? Yeah. Anyway, I think with that, uh, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I am Cable Hashitani. And we will talk to everybody next week. Cha-cha-cha. Let's jam. Cha-cha. <laughs>